Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is Nahama and this is for you by Nech. I am really looking forward to today. I always say that, but especially today because I am going to be talking to a boss businesswoman. Her name is Elizabeth and she runs a business called Femme Funds and she basically teaches um, women about investing, um, managing your money, and all that good stuff. I am 21. I'm, you know, in my college years trying to figure that all out. I, I really think that, like, it's so important to have these conversations, especially with women, because, like, I know there can be a lot of insecurity with these things. Um, feeling like men are just so in charge in, like, the business world. And I think women just need to be part of that as well. Um, I've always had a hard time managing my money and numbers overall is never like was never my thing. So I'm hopefully going to gain some insight today on how to manage that and how to deal with that. And it's just so inspiring to speak to someone who, you know, like started this all on her own. And I love these classic, you know, female entrepreneur stories. So Uh, Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hello, how are you? Good, doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited for today. Um, I think it's a really important topic and I'd love to hear everything about it. Um, First, uh, I would love if you can introduce yourself, um, tell us where you're from, your hobbies, and Um, how you started with finances. Sure. So my name is Elizabeth and I'm from New Jersey and I've been living in Tel Aviv for about three and a half. Yeah. Going on four years now. Nice. And did I always love finances? I mean, I, I studied finance in college and I interned Mm. at a bank, but I hated nothing more than working there. It was like (laughs) the bane to my existence but I've always loved money. I just never wanted to work in finance, if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. No, that's really interesting. Um, did you always love numbers and were you really good at math growing up or do you think that doesn't have to deal with it? You know, not necessarily. I was definitely like an average student in math, you know, mm-hmm. depending on a certain subject, one would resonate more with me than another. Like, like for example, you know, like geometry was a breeze, but you know, Mm -hmm. like advanced algebra was impossible. Um, So yeah, I'm not really such a math person. And I don't really think you need to be the biggest math person either to be, you know, managing money or investing at all, to be honest, Okay. on a basic level. I mean, that's good to know, because I'm not such a math person myself. But um, investing is so important. um, And hopefully, You'll give us some, tell us about um, Fem Funds, what inspired you to do it, um, what the, what it's all about, basically. Yeah, so Fem Funds is a digital course teaching women how to invest in the stock market. So I'm specifically targeting women because uh, there was actually a huge market crash uh, during Corona Mm -hmm. and I quickly started talking about this with my girlfriends and realized that not 
a single one of them had any idea what I was talking about, even including in, including most of the terminology. And after discovering this large gap, I felt uh, compelled to start teaching. I taught every single one of my friends, you know, wow. basic, any, everything from basic money management skills to financial literacy and in, like physically how to invest in the stock market and some even how to invest in real estate, like some beginning step, beginner steps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I turned, you know, all of my one-on-one sessions into a digital course. And now I'm trying to turn it into more of a larger encompassing personal finance money coaching business. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So would you say that it all started during... When did it start, you say? Um, during Corona time when yeah, people were beginning. having a harder time, right? So what inspired you was pretty much other people struggling and you wanted to help them. Yeah, basically, because, That's you know, cool. from my perspective, investing is so important and it's actually the only way to legitimately build any sort of financial security. Right. Um, and that was just it was just mind boggling to me that none of my friends, like actually none, knew <laughs> the first thing about it. So how did you know about it yourself from, from college, from university, or do you think that also a lot of it was self-research? And um... So I think there are a few factors. Um, mm-hmm. I was raised as a Russian American uh, in, New, in New Jersey, and a lot of the people around me, their parents worked on Wall Street. Right. And so my parents knew that investing was important. They just didn't know how to do it themselves. And they didn't really trust anyone either to manage their money. Um, But so when I graduated high school, uh, my dad basically gave me a couple thousand dollars and was like, you need to learn how to invest. Whatever you earn is yours for the future. Consider this your wedding money, your master's degree funds. Like basically this is your non-existent trust fund and make it work. And Mm -hmm. so... I started doing it when I was 18, when I got to college, I didn't really know the first thing about it. But the truth is a lot of the guys that I was surrounded by, uh, both in the business school and also, you know, in New Jersey, mm-hmm. a lot of the people I grew up with, like men, all knew about it. And so I started talking to them. And, you know, some of them single handedly taught me and uh, it was a lot of trial and error throughout the years. And that's basically what's happened. Now it's been 12 years, or almost wow. 13. Yeah, I, I love that you're taking it and you're making it into a, a feminist cause as well and that females should get involved in investing and be just as present. And um, maybe you could explain or just give some tips on how, I don't know, it's such a broad concept of how to start, where to start if you're at a loss of where to start. Um, any tips for beginners, pretty much. Yeah, so I guess we can start with some basic money management and... okay. Uh, a lot, the majority of people in the world and also in the US and in Israel, they all live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Now, definitely the first way to start managing your money is to attempt some sort of budgeting method that doesn't feel heavy or like a task for you. So, one trick that I, one budgeting tip that I like to give out is to budget 50, 30, 20. And what that is, is that 50% goes to your needs as in rent, bills, food, etc. Could even be like your cable bills and your internet, like everything that you must pay every single month. And then 30% of your after take home, so your after tax 
uh, take home pay will go towards your wants, aka your fun fund. And mm-hmm. then that's like to go out to dinner with your friends or to travel or whatever it is that you like to do that's not a necessity, essentially. And then mm-hmm. 20% should go towards building an emergency fund. Uh, I like to call it, excuse my language, a fuck you fund. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I love it. Because yeah. with the, with that, it's like you can literally flip off the world and you can leave that job that's toxic or that relationship that's toxic. And you can, you know, do whatever you want in that moment. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I suggest 20% of your paycheck should go towards saving for this fund. And once you have this fund set up, which should be about three to six months of your expenses, then you start investing in other assets, whether that would be the stock market or real estate or crypto or something that seems you know, fitting or, or that aligns with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that is good advice. My question <laughs> is how to implement those that like how do you calculate do you use like a certain site online to organize your money do you just do it by hand or like do you know your budget but in like in in your mind or how would you organize it like do you have any so where is your audience based um in israel mostly i think or it could be in the u.s some of them in colleges in the u.s some so in the u.s you have a really great app called mint and there are other competitors to that as well, but it's 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 a great app. It basically links uh, all of your, it syncs all of your credit cards and your your anything that's money oh, related, wow. and it can actually help you budget and determine how, what percent of your money is going towards X or Y categories, and wow. that's a really nifty tool. I don't know what the equivalent is in Israel. I'm sure they have one. I just I don't personally use it. Um, mm-hmm. But you can do something like that, or you can simplify it and just open up uh, two separate, or actually three. So two separate checking accounts, and a third would be a savings account. Mm-hmm. And then you can have, you can automate the payments, and you can you can calculate that amount, you know, literally on your phone in the phone calculator, and be like, okay, fifty percent of my paycheck goes to this account, thirty percent of my paycheck goes to that account, and twenty percent of my paycheck goes to the savings account of like you do with your actual bills you don't actually need to lift a finger it's already done for you it takes like 10 minutes of your time to actually set up everything with a few different accounts but once you do that it's really smooth sailing and that way you know that this dedicated account will go towards your needs and that will cover it and then the other account will go towards your fun fund like going out and once Mm -hmm. you spend that you know like you're sitting home and people are coming to have dinner at your place instead of you going out. Uh, obviously, easier said than done. Uh, <laughs> right. And then the 20% that goes to your savings, it's essentially going towards account that you don't even see, you don't even look at. So, you know, you know, it's in the back of your head that it's there, but you don't actually have access to it from your spending accounts to actually overdraft and spend from it. Wow. Got it. And are these um, tips, would you say, for people post-college and like with full-time jobs or this can apply to also people with part-time jobs and college students? I think it can apply to anyone. I think it really depends on, you know, your financial situation. If you are managing your bills as a college student, which a lot of people are, then, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the best time to really learn about money because the younger you are, 
the and the more informed you are, the better set up you'll be when you're in your 30s and 40s. Um, I know that I was very irresponsible when I was 21. Yeah. <laughs> now it's a completely different ball game, but I think it's also because uh, I saw the power of investing myself and you know, I had my own financial pickle at one point and mm-hmm. getting out of it was the only thing that mattered to me. But if you know how to avoid getting into one, then, you know, power to you. Right. There's so much power and knowledge and understanding. And I'm 21 now. And like I recently, uh, a few years ago, started in college and it is like a huge smack in the face to realize how much everything costs and living on your own and budgeting and Maybe you could recommend with like going out with with eating. I always find myself having a hard time with that because especially in Israel, things are just so expensive. So what would you say about that? Wow, definitely. I mean, in terms of grocery shopping, I would probably go towards the shuk if you're in Tel Aviv, like Mm -hmm. go to the markets and avoid AMPM or what's the one like not Super Yuda. Uh, Tif Tam, like avoid those kinds right. of places because those are actually the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just look for more like localized stands. And you could also buy in bulk if, again, that's relevant if you have roommates or mm-hmm. people that you live with because you don't want to buy in bulk just for yourself. But it would be actually cheaper if, let's say, you do buy in bulk and you have two roommates and great, you have enough food for everyone for two weeks, let's say. And it's, it's cheaper that way if you split things evenly. Right. Um, and in terms of going out for restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely tough, especially because going out to eat is such like a social aspect of our lives. Right. I think you can, you can limit of three drinks, have one or two instead of more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also you could commit to doing Shabbat dinners on Friday where everyone brings their own dish and therefore you don't actually spend any money, but you're still with a bunch of people or you spend less money. Right. Right. These are some good ideas. I'll try to use them. And also now that it's like the holiday season, um, what would you say like about getting people gifts? Because, you know, you never know what's too much, what's too little, um, to spend, and you also need to think of yourself. So at least I'm thinking of myself. So what would you do in that situation? Um, I think this is such a fun question because it is (laughs) so, so personal. I think it really depends on two things. What, like how you're doing in your own personal finance journey and also your emotional attachment to this person. Like, what does this person mean to you? And, you know, depending on this person, maybe they prefer more of a sentimental gift than a materialistic gift. And a perfect example is actually my boyfriend because he is more sentimental and I am the materialistic one. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, but I knew for his birthday that I could make something and it would cost less, but it would mean so much more to him by putting in the time and the effort to, uh, to I did like a mini scavenger hunt with like a bunch of like little gifts wow it's so, so cool so I knew it would mean more to him by you know by putting all this thought into it and I think the same goes for holidays you know like you can easily do those photo gifts that people love and you write a nice get like a nice note and they're mm-hmm. super cheap I think it's like less than 100 shekels Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are so many other things like there are free events you could take them to and you could make it like a date night with this individual person. And it's a fun activity where you guys get to bond and, you know, 
there are options. Just, I just think you should weigh it on both what this person means to you, what it would mean to them, the actual materialistic gift versus the sentimental, and also how much you're willing to spend. And you don't need to spend the same amount on each person. You know, you do what for you sure. feel is comfortable for that specific individual. For sure. I, I think it's important to think all of that through. Um, a lot of the time you feel like I at least feel a lot of pressure um, during this time of year or during anniversaries or not because he pressures me, my boyfriend, but because I pressure myself. Um, and you're right. We should just think about like what's comfortable for us. And now that we're, you were talking about money and relationships and you mentioned um, earlier that you were able to give some insight on that. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of question to ask you if it's about like the bills um, at, on a date or in general, if you're living together, like what kind of advice would you give for, for that situation? <laughs> wow. So there is so much packed into that one question. Right, we right. I know. Di digest it in so many different ways. Um, we do live together and uh, we do split our finances and we have mm -hmm. a shared bank account. And, you know, sometimes he'll treat me to dinner uh, just because. And then other times, you know, I'll pick up like smaller tabs like breakfast or groceries or whatever that's like separate to our shared account just you know mm -hmm. because why not mm -hmm. but uh we have a pretty decent relationship with money mm -hmm. which was extremely important to have a huge falling out over money, money. uh mm -hmm. and that was actually what really drove um i guess like the fire that lit the fire under my butt to get my <laughs> money situation in order and that was right. you know many years ago but uh, it was triggering nonetheless and traumatizing. For so sure. it's definitely super important to have these conversations with your partner and to understand boundaries and expectations even before you're living together, right? Like mm -hmm. one person might want to go to a really fancy restaurant, which by the way is me again in this relationship. <laughs> me too, and, me too. And then the other person might not care and is down for the street food. So it's like, where's the happy balance between eating at the hole in the wall in the corner and going out to eat, you know, you figure it out. <laughs> right. It's again, another, I guess, a personal situations, but also um, I know that you are a feminist and um, I'm curious <laughs> yeah. how that plays with that because, you know, a lot of the time I, I also consider myself to be a feminist, but I love like, you know, being treated um, by my boyfriend. I love like feeling like a queen, you know, when he pays for me. And 100%. I, I wonder if that makes me less of a feminist for wanting the man to pay. Like, what do you think about that? Um, I, I mean, people really have this debate all the time, but I feel yeah. like there's just so many extreme arguments to each side. Like, it doesn't need to be so black and white. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also with you, by the way. I love being courted and being treated to some extent. Sure. But at the same time, you know, I, I guess we're older, so we're 30, both of us, mm -hmm. my, my boyfriend and I. That's and not real. At, I know, but, you know, it's a different mental stage in life. Like I'm you, so excited for my 30s. <laughs> yeah, 30s True. are great so far. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes. It's the best um, time, I think. But anyway, yeah, because yes. <laughs> I think the 30s are the best because by then it's like you already know what you like and dislike oh, and you don't mm -hmm. really you won't take shit from anybody and you For just sure. go after what you want. Mm -hmm. Whereas the 20s, it's like you're figuring everything uh, out. It's just the roller coaster. I feel like you're so much more settled when you're 30 or so much more wise, experienced. Not to yeah, say that there are it, issues, so but <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so fun. Yes. So I also wanted to talk about investing because I'm quite ignorant in that 
Um, I think it could like be um, important for other people to hear. So why why do you think it's so important? Um, how to start recommendations? I don't know in general. Okay, so one, why is investing important? Mostly because it is the only legitimate way to grow your money. If you keep money saved in a bank account because of inflation, which this year we're seeing about 6% already, mm -hmm. uh, it, I think globally, but I definitely can confirm for the US, as it sits in the bank account. So if you, let's say, have $1,000 in your bank account today, in a few years, it's not going to be equivalent to $1,000 when you spend that money uh, like at your local stores. So the value of the dollar sh like devalues and shrinks, and therefore you're losing money and you actually have less than what you realize. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm using a very short example, but when you do that over time for like 40 years, it's like, everything you saved is practically worthless because that's a very, very long time. And the mm -hmm. only way to beat inflation is through investing, uh, investing in profitable assets, whether that's, again, the stock market, real estate, crypto. You can also become an angel investor, uh, which I think is a bit more complicated. Uh, but th those are the main options that people have in investing. And it's literally the only way to grow enough money in your account to build financial stability. Mm -hmm. So I see that it's important, um, but how do you do it? <laughs> no, no, you're right. And I understand, but I never know how to do it is the issue. So, um, so you can start by taking my course. It's yes. I am made for to. people who have never done it and don't yeah, know where to clueless. begin. Um, but basically um, aside from that, obviously you can, read on the internet like yeah. how to start investing but ideally you want to open up either something called a retirement account or a brokerage mm -hmm. account uh, those types of accounts would depend on your specific goals whether you want to retire with a lot of money but not touch it until retirement or whether you want to touch that money earlier mm -hmm there are different restrictions but essentially you open up one of these types of accounts on a dedicated brokerage firm read about the economy um you read the news you don't necessarily need to read all of the numbers i i mean i do believe in some looking at some numbers mm -hmm. but just to get started i think it's really important to familiar familiarize yourself with the current events that's going on in this world because oh, of course everything yeah. affects affects everything so if you're just a, a normal person that reads the news Mm -hmm. uh, you're far more informed about what's a good investment versus not. And you probably already do know which companies are worth investing in. Again, if you're mm -hmm. already reading any type of news, even especially business news. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's good to know that like there is a correlation between the two. Um, but would you say like it's taking a risk to invest in, in some kind of company because of course, today what's happening won't be for what's happening in the next year or two years. Um, is it a risk like to take a danger? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that is a huge misconception. I mean, okay, you know, there can be risky things that you're doing, especially uh, from there's, you know, riskier and advanced trading modules. So I wouldn't really advise trading because 95% of people that are like, buy and sell, buy and sell, which is basically everything you're seeing on the internet. 
um, that's very risky and people should avoid doing that for sure. But if you're investing for the long term, you're looking for companies that you, you know, you believe in and you've already seen proof of their concept and their business model and they're profitable and they have been for a long time and you don't see, foresee them going out of business in the next five, 10, 20 years. And I think you, you can think of those companies off the top of your head. You're probably even using their products right now to do this podcast. You don't see that they're going to go out of business. Um, would I suggest you invest in that, you know, street shop downstairs that's selling fruits and vegetables? Like, no, we don't <laughs> no. really know anything about them. Definitely. And if you're in Israel, do you, is it bet more recommended to um, invest in a company abroad, like in the U.S., or you're able to also invest in Israeli companies and it would just be as be just as successful? <laughs> So you can invest in the Tel Aviv stock exchange in the Israeli market. I personally am not doing so because I still have a lot of money coming into my U.S. account. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not so familiar with Israeli companies like. And but if you are someone who prefers to keep things local, there's no reason you can't be just as successful. And you can invest in other outside exchanges like the S&P 500 and other uh, other international companies as an in international to Israel, if mm -hmm. you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then if you really wanted to get super specific and only invest in US companies, you can also open an online brokerage uh, account with a company that allows you and gives you access to those US based accounts, uh, companies. Oh, I see. Okay. And how much like when you start, um, I hope these questions aren't too um, far-fetched. Um, but um, how much money do you have to invest at the start? Like how much do you put in at the start? I'm really not familiar with this topic. So. No, it's such a good question and something okay. I get all of the time. And Great. I tell people that they can invest however little or however much they want, whatever they feel comfortable with. And if it feels scary for you, go ahead and invest like 10 US dollars, maybe oh, 50 wow. US dollars, do an amount that you feel comfortable with so that you can become comfortable. And once you see that $50, you know, isn't going to kill you, you can invest a hundred dollars next time or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Obviously you see more, you see greater growth with more money that you put in, but mm -hmm. it's a long-term game. And if, you know, if it feels intimidating or scary, if it feels scary to you, then right. start small and mm -hmm. that's totally okay. You know? And how quickly would you see results if you were to put in 10 US dollars, let's say, how does it, how does it work in terms of seeing results? I mean, it really depends on what you invest in, but there's movement every day. It's not necessarily that you're going to see $10 double tomorrow, but maybe mm -hmm. you'll see $10 and go to 11 or 12 or 13. Um, it takes, it takes a little bit of time, right? But mm -hmm. nonetheless, it moves every single day. So you lose a bit of money and then the next day you double it so again it really just depends um but you can see change as quickly as the next day in terms of the price and how much is in your account but in terms of actual growth the stock market returns on average 10 percent each year so if you put in a hundred dollars maybe you'll see a hundred a hundred dollars each month oh. uh you'll see more you know Yes, this is so interesting, all of this. And so you would say that 
all of this and educating yourself about finances is something that you should start right away. Um, you should start <laughs> as soon as possible, or is it never too late? Well, it's never too late, but obviously the it's best to start as soon mm -hmm. as you can because the longer you ha allow your money to grow, the, the faster and and higher it will grow. So you said you're 21. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think if you as a 21 year old man or 18 year old, maybe mm -hmm. managed to invest like $300 a month for like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, then you'll definitely retire a millionaire based on wow. <laughs> like based on some statistics because you started so, so young. Mm -hmm. So it's like you get an, a head start in comparison to when the average person actually realizes that they should invest. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people don't realize that until later? Is my, one of maybe my last because things. I think maybe because of socioeconomical class, education, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. fear. You know, some people have never even heard of investing and didn't know it's possible. Other right. people are just intimidated or they don't actually believe in it. And they probably don't believe in it because they haven't seen it themselves. And mm -hmm. I didn't believe in it either until seven years after opening my account, I saw how much it grew. Mm -hmm. And now I'm an advocate for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so great. Um, I just want to finish off with asking you what your goals are for the future with Femme Funds. Where do you think you'll take it? Maybe about some of the success stories with Femme Funds. And um, that would be yes. really So we already are seeing some great success stories. One of my first students who started about a year and a half ago, has seen 90% growth. Uh, wow. That was a, a combination of, you know, buying in when the market had crashed during Corona, which was an incredible time to buy. Mm -hmm. And partially because of all the skills and strategies she learned in the course. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really exciting. And then what's next for Fun Funds is obviously looking to reach and attract as many women as possible, both in the United States and outside, because this knowledge is so important. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to expand into other courses like uh, an intro to real estate investing, something wow. I've been working on. Um, and we'll see so what cool. other angles as well. Wow. It's so inspiring. I love it. And a female-owned business is always great. And I definitely, I'm going to take the it. course. <laughs> I'm going to take the course. Great. So You'll have so to much. let me know what you think. And if you have yes. any questions, of course. I will. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And thank really you for having it. me. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye.